Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us for another segment of the Trench Effects podcast. My name is Daldo Bile and I am one half of the dynamic duo who is going to lead you through this discussion which we're carrying on today, which is us continuing with our theme of adulting. Now, for those of you who listened to last week's episode, would have heard my take on when was it exactly that I realized that I've become an adult. Now, in this coming week, Tulani is going to share his piece on when he found that he became an adult. We also have a quick discussion on the decisions that our parents needed to make and whether or not they needed to grow up prematurely. Now, if you haven't been following us, we are currently embarked on a theme called adulting where we are discussing the ebbs and flows of this journey or commitment or destination, if you believe it to be so, called adulthood. Now, I hope you all enjoy this next episode. And before you listen, please, 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 if you've really been enjoying this series, if you've really been enjoying the Trench Effects podcast, Please leave a review for us on any of the episodes that you really enjoyed and like it for us too. We really appreciate all the feedback that we can get. In addition to that, if you have anyone in your family, your friends, colleagues, whoever, who you think could benefit from listening to this podcast, please share it on to them. We really want to get the word out for the podcast. But let me not take up any more of your time. Enjoy! You are about to enter into the matrix of our minds, interests, experiences, and conflicts. We are not heroes. We are not villains. We are just hopeful vessels looking to bring information, discussions, and enlightenment. You might not always agree with us, and that's okay. We don't always agree with each other. Here, we will offer our vulnerable selves to you. So grab your spade as you join us to dig deeper. And welcome to the Trench Effects. Alright, so with that being said, um, I would like us to move on a bit. You know, I've given my two cents or rather 20 rand or two dollars um, on what I think adulthood is. Uh, I think myself and the listeners would love to hear from you, Tulani. What do you think I say no, not what adult it is. What was your light bulb moment where you realized that you are an adult? Um, yo, I think it was, for me, it was an accumulation of things, right? So this is probably started in third year, right? Where my mom started nudging me and to be like, yo, dog, um, I think you need to get a job. Um, like after this, cause like varsity is nice. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like, I never viewed my life outside of varsity until I got out of varsity. Like that cocoon to some good extent was good for me. So my mom started like really hinting at like, yo, um, what are we doing next year? Uh, what are you looking at? What's life like for you? And at that point in time, I'd refuse to grow up, to be honest with you. I genuinely had refused to grow up. I was, I was being like, I don't know. I don't know, bruh. Like, I mean, I'm just trying to figure it out. 
and and then life happens and then i don't make it into my honors year into what i wanted to get into my honors year and i now have to come back home and live with my parents for a year and the mood was just different like the mood was just i was no longer and at that point in time i'm 21 so i'm no longer the let's baby him you know the first one is asking money from my mom that became harder and i think it's also the perceived idea that now that i have a degree uh, i'm suddenly a grown man who can make decisions i c- couldn't ask money from my mom because it felt a little weird hey mom can i have like 200 yana so i can go uh, and you know and have a couple of drinks with daryl that became tough and my mom treated me like that you know couldn't ask for clothes anymore i had to find i had to find peace jobs basically throughout the year um to just just to sustain myself if i needed a luxury item i could no longer go back to my mom and being like hey i just saw a nike shoe for like 1.5 can you please get it for me she looked at me like yo dude you grown um i'm no longer financing your life uh, I think you should go out in the world and figure out what it is that you want because I'm, I'm no longer making life decisions for you anymore. Um, you need to figure out what it is that you want and what you want might not be in this household. And the first time my mom kicked me out, I was like in the same year. And she's like, yo, um, so when are we thinking about going ho- about getting out the house? And I thought it was a joke. She, look, she looks at me dead eyed, dead ass. It's like, Nah, dude, I'm serious. Like, you need to move out now. And, um, and yeah, um, let's, you know, like, what do you want? Where are you? How's life? Um, so for me, that was like a rude awakening. Cause I then had to like process my mind into thinking that, oh, I need to own my life. Um, I've had a disappointment in my life. Um, I, how do I alter that as it is, you know? And I, 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 I identified myself as this really smart kid. So when I didn't make it into honors year, I then started questioning my mental ability as a person to be like, am I really as smart as I think I am? Am am I? So, so that portion of my life when I was at home for a year and for some other people, for me, being at home for a year, not having a job, not having anything was the best experience of my life because that's where my finding self happened. That's where I found God. That's where I found some form of purpose in my life. And it was just my mom now relinquished, con- relinquishing control of my life. She no longer wanted to have say in what happens after that. I had to, okay, no, she was part, she did half of the job in finding the current job that I have right now, but I had to go through the interview process myself. I had to do all these things myself where before my mom was holding my hand throughout this process. And that was my light bulb moment where I was like, I think I need to take control of my life. I'm a grown ass man now, but in hindsight, I feel like at 21, 22, you're not as grown as you think. 
um and i put a lot of pressure on myself at that specific stage where i needed a house i needed a car and i was seeing all my friends um you know get second degrees get you know make get cars i was still taking taxis to go see my girlfriend at the time you know i was just trying to figure it out and yeah that's that's when my love moment like okay dude take control of your life you're no longer your mom's kid anymore you are tulani damuza and you you need to start taking ownership and making life decisions so yeah that's where i was just like oh i'm a grown man i'm a i'm a grown ass man now and anyway so all right so i have a question first question do you think that there's a difference between adults and young adults i mean you speak about um now you're 22 or 21 22 years old when you're like okay shoot i'm an adult now um did you think that you were really an adult or were you more so a young adult and do you think that there is a difference between those two stages do you think that is even a thing that like you're a teenager <laughs> and then from teenager you're straight to adult yo this is a very hard question uh, mostly because i know it's a, <laughs> i know it's a hard question so i asked it um okay so um let's first go through the ages of quote unquote adulthood right so um what age from being an infant to a toddler what's the age yo is isn't, is that not like 0 to 2 because in, in, infants yeah, is like you're and, just born and then um and i think toddlers like two three when you're walking and talking and you're starting to you know make some sense of the world okay and then after toddler it is before teenager no 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 it's, it's not teenager i think it, it's first toddler um i think probably it'll be child i'm not sure what the exact word is child and then it's adolescence adolescence when you're yeah. puberty um and then you could probably say like uh teenager is now where you're really in your teens like proper teens just at 12 and 13 yes you are um a teenager in theory but i think you're still an adolescent i think adolescence has to deal with puberty and then you're a teenager and teenagers and you're like finishing matric what do you transition into see you making my point right so um this is how psychologists or researchers have placed the different age groups in our lives right and they then place certain characteristics towards those periods of our life like teenagers are supposed to act like this adults are supposed to act like this however i don't think in reality life is as simple as you in this specific age this is how you act so to your question about young adults and adulthood I, i don't think the disparity is is as black and white i think it's a gray area because if i lose both of my parents at 16 and i have a sister and a mom uh, i have a, i have two sisters correct me if i'm wrong i'm i might have to make some adult decisions um tulani um i lived in i i'm from joburg so i could even to this day if life doesn't work out i can still go back home right and be in the comfort of my household meaning that i can still have the sanctuary of my mom right and 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 her treating me like a kid like today um she like 
bought me grocery. So I still have that sanctuary of being a kid. So I don't think there's a certain age. However, decision, in my opinion, makes us, makes who we are as adults. Because in my example of a kid who loses his parents and he has to make adult decisions, he has to make it at a very young age. And in my own experience, I think I wanted to, to be an adult more than I, my maturity level was at. I wanted to, I wanted a wife, kid. Like I thought leaving my mom's cocoon looked like being an adult. But I still have moments today as we speak where I just, ha- I'm just, I just have childlike behavior. I still want to go back and get a hug from my mom. So it's, I don't know how to, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but like, there's no specific ages in which we, we feel, I think experiences make us transition into these phases of our lives. Some people just don't have the choice of not being an adult. They, they have to be adults right now. Um, like we're going to have this conversation at a later stage. You, you live at home now. I moved out, but you have the option of living at home. Someone from Eastern Cape or Limpopo doesn't have that option. They have to make adult decisions as they are. Like when I was at home, I was sp- like, I was spending 50, 60% of my salary at one go and having to ask my mom for petrol money to get to work. That was my no. <laughs> what really? <laughs> we're gonna have this conversation at a later stage. Wait, wait. Is this when you're at your current employer? Yeah. Or like, wait. So at your current what? Dude, that's embarrassing. Oh, no, we're gonna Yo, have that, that is. No, 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 no. But it's good. No, it's it's good because I think that there 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 are certain lessons that can be learned through this. So thanks for opening up. I don't mean to shoot you down. Um, but I just wanna before we go on, I don't know have you is there anything else you want to add on? Because there's a question I wanna run past you. Wait, did I answer your question properly? I'm sorry, I feel like I was digressing. Um uh somewhat. Um I I think this may kind of add to it. So I I, I hear what you're saying with um the the fact that someone may have to become an adult at the age of 16 if their parents passed on so do you think that um because i think the first thing that needs to be done is that maybe we need to agree on what adulthood is Whew. uh so i find it interesting that you said that when you were on your mom's couch uh, <laughs> uh you said or let me say growing up you subscribed certain positions and possessions to adulthood like you said okay i have a wife kids a car house then i'm an adult like we associate that that certain picture image with adulthood and do you think that we have misinterpreted what it means to be an adult and maybe that's why because i mean let, let's be real and you know so many of us millennials at this age and okay let me not say so many i like to think so many so i'm not alone but i know definitely you and i every day our world is getting rocked <laughs> every day we're having some new some new type of revelation or challenge and you know i'm sure you've seen the memes where it's like sure this is not the life i signed up to maybe i should have just stayed a, a child adulthood is the biggest scam ever and you know i mean we laugh about it but heck i think there's some truth to that because we buy a certain dream about what it means to be an adult. But now as we are in this journey, exploring the different, um, 
uh, areas of adulthood were kind of saying, sure, like, I mean, is this really what I thought it was? You mean, and oof, I, I don't mean to be pessimistic, but it does make you ask. I mean, I've, I've been dealing with this a lot. It's like, it really does make you wonder, like, is this all that there is to it? Like, grow up, become a now, you've reached this magical place called adulthood. And it's like, well, go to work or work on business, make money, start a family, have a lot of sex, mm. um, grow old. You had me at sex. And that's <laughs> it. You know, it, it, really, it really makes you wonder. Like, <laughs> sorry, I just, I just had a moment there, but it really makes you wonder. Like, when you're on your, like, is, is this what, is this all that there is to it? You know, so do you think that we, we've um, subscribed and, or misinterpret to what it means to be an adult? So, you know, what's the first moment that rocks your world um, once you get your degree? You can't afford a car, a house, and two kids by 25. So that's the first. Actually, just before you continue, to all our listeners, if any of you were a part of that club, I put up my hand. I'll be, I put up my hand. I'm supposed to be married at 25. <laughs> if you ask me at 16, Daryl, what are you at? T- at 25, I'm married. So I put up my hand. I accept. And I you take l- my owl. I and take you my owl. And in thingy in uh, Pretoria. <laughs> so I'm sure you had a house in, in Vartokluf, ne? No, okay, no, no, no. I, I, I was, I was on that night. <laughs> I, I was on that night. I think definitely, definitely married, or at least a very steady girlfriend. Like we're getting married next week, um, and my own place definitely. At uh, twenty-five, I'm driving an what? M3 BMW. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Black, black on black. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's my, that's where I'm at. at th- like, literally, that's what I thought. Because, let's, I mean, when you're 16, 25 is so far away. And, that's and, the thing. And, and, and never mind that. So, I think our parents had to grow up faster than us. Um, which we're going to delve into the next segment. I think our parents had to grow up faster than us. So, by the time our parents were 22, 23, 25, they had kids. And they were married. I think the world has shifted. Um, like now, to be honest, I I did say like what uh my friend got engaged at twenty five, and it felt as if like yo, this is early. But to be honest with you, history tells us twenty five is actually a perfect age, you know, in terms of kids, planning a life with this person, and just everything. Um and I'm I'm not sure you can tell me maybe we just don't want to grow up and the idea of growing up is tough but like the world has moved things are happening ex- things are happening to us at a later stage than what they happened to our parents my mom had me at 18 so by the time she was 25 I was seven I was seven so, duh, she had to make different adult, adulting decisions, right? So, so, so maybe 
our perception of adulthood needs to change because there's no there might not be an age for adulthood um maybe we need to shift our mentality and because remember what i said about perception versus reality the perception and the perception is at certain ages we need to ascribe to certain roles in our lives however the world has shifted right you and i are black so we can only talk about black so there's never been the level of black graduates that we have right now coming out of university or it's unprecedented like this like in my circle of friends or the people around me everyone has a degree right which means that now the workplace is crowded is overcrowded whereby when my mom got a degree and i'm not saying it was easier for her but she could get a job easier than me getting a job right now cuz there were less black graduates coming into the workplace and be was rife at that from okay if you listen to this outside south africa be is basically equivalent to affirmative action in cuz in the rest of the world it's called affirmative action um so they then had to make different decisions they could get married earlier now bra like a person with a master's degree at 25 or 26 you get into an entry level job and they're saying that you're getting 10,000 and you 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 were working to get your masters and in you in your mind you're going to get paid a million after working so ta- so hard to get your masters degree now you're getting um 10,000 that has to rock your world like <laughs> it has to slap you in the face <laughs> mm-hmm. it really does and you know i think you know there's there's a kaleidoscope of factors which influence us growing up let me say quote on quote as being faced to certain decisions at different areas of our life um i mean one thing that needs to be considered is remember our history as black people something that i think should never be forgotten many of our parents I, mean, i can't speak for your mom because i'm not sure of your family history but i know in my family history my particular my dad my dad was the first person in his family to get a university education my dad had three siblings um by the time my dad was reaching his late teenagehood um his father was incredibly old and my grandmother on my father's side was unemployed like she didn't have an education like um so cuz my dad's from the village um i think on my mom's side um she came from a very big family um but what happened on her side is that cuz she was from such a big family i mean she had about so I believe it's 21 or 20 siblings um my grandfather had multiple uh wives and uh, children naturally um if you have multiple wives uh, <laughs> um and, and so for her like i mean there's a whole lot of things that happens i won't get into because that's a very uh, personal family business but essentially she had to grow up before her time um from basically from the time my mom was about 17 she had to be an adult because wait, wait, um, we'll, her father we'll get more into on, this in the, in the second segment and 
Um, I think the real details for my mom, I think I prefer to keep that um, within the family. But um, the long and the short of it is that, um, you know, you know, her father had passed on, a whole lot of other things happened, and she was basically by herself with no one else to care for her. Um, and so she had to grow up very, very quickly. Um, and, you know, it's like, you know, you're faced with these decisions at such a young age. I mean, you're kind of forced to grow up. And, you know, like you mean with your mom, for example, she had you at 18. Um, you know, having a child rocks your world, like your life changes forever. And it's like, well, you know, if that happens, you know, you can't behave the way you were behaving previously and you have to change. But now let's fast forward to us. Um, many of our parents, and also remember that many of our parents may have even lost their parents by the time they were our age currently. Many of them lost their parents at twenty twenty one because uh historically, especially um family I know it's very common with families from the village. I know because of my own family history as well, is many families from the village have a lot of children. Like a lot, like they'll have like eight, nine kids um in those families. And so you find your parents like kid number eight or seven or six. Um and by the time they're born, their parents are already extremely old and they may end up passing on and it's like they don't have and their guardians for themselves. Them. Like my mom and mm, my mom and dad could not go home, say, Oh, I'm gonna be home and kind of figure my figure things out. They don't have that option. <laughs> they didn't have that option. And so I think that's one factor, definitely. Um our history as black people, um you know, our parents' upbringing, the way their age was fast-tracked. I think another thing is also um, wealth is another is, is another common thing. I think we've had a large amount of uh, black families enter the middle-class sector or middle-class area. Yes, they can be more, definitely. Um, but if we compare the amount of black people in the middle-class today as opposed to 100 years ago, I don't think anyone can <laughs> debate that. There's been significant improvement in that regard. And so with that now, obviously, comes the element of comfort, in my opinion, that, you know, when you are wealthy, you have more options and certain decisions can be put off a bit later. We You may not have the same pressure to get a job at 19 years old or at 20 as your parents did when they were younger. Um, so, 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 so that's another thing which has also pushed it, pushed it out. And I think also, um, because of the way the world has changed, because we're richer, because our parents are still around and they can still actively participate in our lives, or let me not say just our parents, even our guardians, um, are still around and they can actively participate in our lives. Um, another thing is that we, have more options and because of the fact we have more options we can also take our time more and so there's a lack of urgency i think to grow up i wonder how many of our parents if you actually sat down with them and spoke to them and said yes i know you're a doctor is this what you really wanted to be um i use that example because i know with my dad um he he's a doctor yes but he didn't want to become a doctor he actually wanted to be a pilot and he has still told us that story today that his dream was to become a pilot. But, you know, circumstances push you to make certain decisions. He couldn't afford to go to aviation school, but he got scholarships to go to med school because he was damn smart. Uh, so he was able to go to med school and become a doctor. But till today, he still says that, you know, I mean, he says he loves medicine, but, you know, he would have become a pilot if he had the opportunity. I have a question for you. 
So before you ask question, and so just to finish is that I think that there's a certain trade-off that our parents may have. I think it's easy to say, oh yeah, your parents are more mature. Our generation is more mature than you millennials. Yeah, but how many of you are actually doing what you wanted to do? And how many of you are doing what you're doing now because you're forced to due to circumstances? And it's not a slight against them at all. Um, but it's that because we have the opportunity to make more decisions, um, I think many of us are choosing to use that opportunity. Yes. You have a question. Um, so with us as now growing up, um, yo man, we have we can be from a superficial level almost anything that we want, right? Um, in in example, in your dad's case, um, where he thought that med school was the only way to get himself and his siblings out of the village, and because of wealth. Um, that we have, and and yeah, and most people might be like, we're not wealthy, but if you're in the middle class, you're relatively wealthy in comparison to your the rest of Africa, especially from a South African perspective. So that's number one, and number two is, do you think the amount of choices that we have now is actually crippling? Because we can take that to relationships, to jobs to friends, social... Like, we just have a lot of choices and a lot of things to choose from. Do you think that cripples us in one way or another? Um, I do. Ele- five marks. I do. Elaborate. So there's, um, there's a, there was a study done in America um, which where some researchers went to grocery stores. I forgot the name of the grocery store. I don't think it was Walmart. It may have been Walmart. Um, but in this particular store, they had, I believe it was, you know, it was like 20 different types of mustard that they sold in that particular store. And like X amount, let's say hypothetically speaking. So let's say hypothetically speaking, it was 20 different types of mustard, 50 different tomato sauces, 40 different types of lettuce. Okay, I don't think there's 40 different types of lettuce. So let's say 40 different types of cuts of meat. Um, they had 10 different cows that you could choose from for your meat. And it's like people had all this variety and what was actually interesting is that when we have too many when we have too many options um indecisiveness comes in and so what was interesting to find in the study was that people were really battling to choose something and the more options people had the less likely they were to make a decision and so in the study they found that the items they had which had like 50 items or 50 options compared to the items they sold which had like three options the ones with three options sold more than the ones with 50 options and i'm not talking about that um in the sense that uh you know how do i explain this um that one type of must that each mustard each of the 50 masters should be sold um, compared to the three tomato sauces should be sold. No, um, what I'm saying is that what they found was that on average, uh, if you had more options, people were less likely to make a decision to buy something. And if they had less options, um, they were more likely to choose something. And it's quite interesting when you think about that. Like, think about all the decisions that we make in our lives. Like when you go to a restaurant, right? You're on a date to Lani. Um, you've DM'd someone, um, things have worked out, 
uh, you're chatting on WhatsApp, you FaceTimed a few times, and you decide to take her out to, I don't know, a very nice restaurant in Santa. Um, you're looking all fresh, wearing your ripped skinny jeans with boots. Uh, you have a nice t-shirt on with your fur jacket, fire cologne and your earrings are in and you're wearing your bandana. The swag is life. <laughs> I see the vision you have for me, so thank you. Uh, I, I take. Uh, no, I, I, take. See, I see. I see. And don't forget, it has to be a fire cologne. You got to smell good. Your smell's all good. You use charcoal toothpaste, so your teeth are looking all white. Um, and you're on this date. Mm. And you're on this date and now you open the menu and it's like 10 pages long. <laughs> and I'm sure everyone can probably relate to this, that you find it's 10 pages long and then you'll start struggling to actually make up your mind on what to eat. I know there's a really nice restaurant. I won't say its name in Pretoria, which is one of my favorite restaurants. But every time I go there, it's like, oh my gosh, what do I eat? Because there's just too many options. I want this. I want Wait. that. I want this. I want that. I want a bit is of this. I want a bit of that. Or the place and we it's went like, to last year. No, no, no. Where we, uh, the, Medi- the, the place we went to last year. The place. Yeah, the Mediterranean restaurant. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know how to make up my mind. Um, whereas the other restaurants, like when we go to McDonald's, think about how quickly you make up your mind when you go to a McDonald's or fast food restaurant, because they have like 10 options, but all these other restaurants with like 50 or 50 or 30 options, it's very difficult because one has cream cheese and the other one has blue cheese and the other one has, um, camembert cheese and the other one has brie cheese. The other one has mozzarella cheese. The other one has feta cheese. Wait, bro, <laughs> like, why do you, why do you know such variety of cheeses? I'm a cultured nigga. Don't get it twisted. Let, let, let me take myself out of the conversation. Continue. Ah, uh, it's fine. Uh, we will. What we'll do is we'll just cut the episode here, and I'll carry on <laughs> speaking. And you know, you'll you'll join us back in the next segment. And then continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like you know, and it's like, I mean, how do you make up your mind for all of these options? You know, it's 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 incredibly difficult because you want part of this but you want part of that um, and the interesting thing as well is i think that's also why i'm sure you guys have probably picked up that many restaurants are moving towards this build your own meal thing and i know rockamamas is quite famous for it where you can build your own burger there and so you kind of choose your toppings and you create your own burger um, as opposed to you have 30 different burgers to choose from. And it's like, oh, I don't know what to pick because I want this and I want that and I want this and I want that. And so that option kind of helps you to be more specific um, and kind of go with your gut. But to answer your question um, and using the study as evidence of it, yes, I do think that having too many options is quite crippling. And, you know, because, I mean, it's like, what do you choose? I mean, we always hear that our 20s or this stage in our 20s, this is what's going to dictate the next uh, 60 years of our life. Well, you know, if we're applying the butterfly effect um, to it, one direction, <laughs> move in either direction can have exponential effects on how your life ends up. Something even as small as choosing what university you go to can have exponential effect. Not even just in terms of the quality of the education you get, but the people that you meet. You can meet your love, the love of your life at one university, and you could not meet the love of your life at another. Those have exponentially effects on how your life turns out. Um, and so I think because we have so many options, because it's, um, it's no longer uh, grow up, 
you're either a doctor, engineer, lawyer, or actually, <laughs> or accountant. Make up your mind. Because we have, I can be a YouTuber. I could be an actor. I could be a musician. I could be a doctor, engineer, lawyer, or actually. I could be in construction. I could be an architect. I could be a an artist. stay-at-home husband. Say it, nigga. Um, I could be a, I could be a stay-at-home husband. Like there are, there's a plethora of options that you have. And so I think that's why so many young people, 17 years old, 18 years old, heck, maybe even 25 years old, you still aren't sure of what you want to do because you want to be so many things, but you can only be one thing or you think you can only be one thing. So yeah, bro, that's what I think. Can you? Uh, I'm in agreement with you. I won't be as articulate because, you know, n- n- niggas don't read American surveys and research papers. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I think you said everything that I could have said. Um, it's that, like yesterday, uh, he's going to hate me for this. Uh, my friend um, says to me, um, in South Africa, we have a popular genre now, which is um, the Yanos, a.k.a. the Pianos. And this friend is very academic inclined, like a very, 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 very academic inclined. And he like it gets his pants going and he's just like, I want to be um, a DJ. Um, I I've realized that during this pandemic, um, life is too short for me to box myself into just an academic inclined person um why can't i be a dj and that goes back to the choices portion of it is that like we are on this life journey and because we've got so many options that like life as daryl said can just sway us into different aspects of where to go like genuinely just sway us into different aspects you know all the time you know, left, right, and center. This is where I'm going. This is where I'm going. And and we might often feel like we don't know what we're doing. So do you think constantly shifting and changing? Let's say, let's give it five years because that's the average time that we change as people. Do you think that's a lack of knowledge of who you are? Or that's just going through the continuous journey process as people? Well, I think the first question that should be asked is that is learning yourself or finding yourself, is that a destination or is that a journey? I think that's maybe the place where we can even start. Like, do you find yourself at 20 and at 50 you're the same person or are you constantly shaping and shifting? And if it is true that you are constantly shaping and shifting, well, if you choose to change direction at 35, does that mean you didn't know yourself at 20? It's a tricky thing. I, th- I think changing yourself, how do I put it, right? There's nothing wrong with changing a career at 35. There is nothing wrong at staying in a career path at 35. We're using 35 as a hypothetical age for divergence. I don't think there's anything wrong with staying or changing direction at that age, provided you remain authentic to who you are at that time or who you perceive yourself to be at that time. I think that I, th- I think that is the the important thing if you at 20 feel you're born to be an engineer you commit 120 percent to it but if at 25 you realize actually you know what 
this engineering thing isn't for me. DJ it is. Well, you have a decision to make. And I think as long as you remain authentic to who you are, go for it. Because that's the other thing is that, I mean, again, with the CEO conversation, where we spoke that there's only one CEO <laughs> and you no, know, not everyone is meant to be an engineer. Not everyone is meant to be a lawyer, accountant. Not everyone's meant to be a musician. Not everyone's going to be, not everyone's meant to be a rapper. Not everyone's meant to be an athlete. Not everyone's meant to be a DJ. Not everybody's meant to be a YouTube star or a podcast star. Um, you know, we all have different proclivities to different things because humans by nature are diverse. And I think to go into another thing is why I personally don't think it's even a realistic thing for us to expect equal representation in every sector of every field, you know, I mean, race and gender, um, because I think we as humans have proclivities to different things. Um, it, you cannot, you know, and so I think that we also should be open to shifting that if my pro, yes, I've been told I should be an engineer, but if my proclivity is to move into DJing, well, go for it. Like we shouldn't allow ourselves to be boxed into these things. And I think this is because of our proclivity as human beings that we will not have equal representation in every field. But I think because of our proclivity, we should be as diverse as we can be. And I think as long as the individual is authentic to the individual, um, then there you can find happiness. There perhaps you can find meaning too. Um, and so yeah, that, that's my that's my piece on on that. Hey everyone, thank you so, so, so much for joining us on this latest segment of the Trench Effects podcast. I really hope all of you learned something and that your thoughts were provoked in one way or another to just maybe take a step back and maybe ask yourself, uh, where was the light bulb moment when I realized that I've become an adult? So, with that being said, I figured I'd share some of my thoughts on this past episode. I think definitely one thing that hit me was just how different our experience has been with adulthood compared to our parents, where our parents have had to, for the most part, many of them grow up a lot sooner than what we've had to. And it really just made me reflect on how privileged some people in our generation may be, myself included, and how we should really not take that for granted and how we should use the opportunities that have been given to us, which our parents haven't received in whatever way, and really make the most of it because it's come at a expensive cost. The other thing which I thought I'd just shed some light on is I know I made a comment about having equal representation across all sectors and I'm sure some red flags <laughs> have switched on so I figured I'd just elaborate a bit more on that. Now I'm more of a equality of opportunity person. Um, I don't advocate for equality of outcomes and to my understanding fighting for equal representation across all sectors um, that falls more so in the equality of outcomes argument. Now, the reasons why I'm against equality of outcomes is that 
I believe that as human beings, we all have proclivities towards different things. What drives our proclivity, what drives our proclivities are definitely our interests, but as well, what drives them is our giftings. Now, with an equality of opportunity framework, what I advocate for is that we need to, as a society, remove all obstacles that prevent people from having a fair opportunity. Now, whether that be financial, whether that be racial or gender-based, I believe that we need to eliminate these obstacles so that everyone has a fair opportunity, so that the only thing stopping you from being successful in whatever sector and whatever field it is that you want to go into should be your work ethic, your health, and your natural gifting. And I think anything outside of that needs to be dealt with. Now, obviously, with your natural gifting, we can put in having the technical ability, but also um, we could put in the discipline, consistency, and the emotional intelligence, especially if your field requires um, communication with other human beings. Definitely, that goes into it. And so I think all the accountability needs to be put on the individual, and we should remove as many, if not all, barriers that prevent people from being able to have a fair opportunity. Now, granted, it is extremely difficult to create a completely equal opportunity because, for example, even if everyone had a similar education, you may come from a family that's suitable and one person may come from a family that's unsuitable in the sense that one family is supportive and pushes one child to succeed, the other one undermines their child and tries to keep them back for whatever reason. So in those cases, it's extremely difficult, but we can try equalize that as much as we possibly can. Now, in terms of why uh, equal representation across all sectors, I don't think it's feasible is that, again, we have proclivities to different things and different demographics of people want to participate in different types of activities. Now, I do know that there will be many fields in which complete or equal representation is very feasible. I'm thinking we look at fields like in finance, things like medicine. It could be very, very easy for us to get equal representation and we should fight for that. However, I do think there are other fields where the representation may be skewed in one direction and other fields where it may be skewed in the opposite direction. And I think that provided there are no institutional factors deciding that and it's purely based off of people's proclivity, their interests, gifting, and their work ethic, and that's what they want to be, then I think that we should be free to be in whatever field that we are, even if it creates a skewed view or a skewed demographic representation in that particular field. So that's my piece on uh, whether or not we should have equality of distribution across all sectors because again i don't think all sectors we could probably strive for most but there will always be those sectors which have a skewed demographic that's just my opinion on the piece with that being said if you did enjoy this podcast episode or any of our previous episodes please can you leave a review for us and like it as well in addition to that, can you please share it with your colleagues, family, friends, ex, whoever. <laughs> we really want to get the word of our podcast out. And lastly, but not leastly, my name is Dal Drabile. My co-host is Tulani Dambuza. We are the Trench Fix Podcast. Thank you for joining us on this segment and we will see you all next week. <laughs>